everybody. Thank you for tuning into the 15th episode of The Virtual Couch. I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father of four, ultra marathon runner, and creator of The Path Back, an online pornography addiction recovery program that is helping people reclaim their lives from pornography addiction. If you or somebody that you know is struggling with pornography addiction, please point them to pathbackrecovery.com. There you can download a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to overcome pornography addiction. Again, that's pathbackrecovery.com. I want to get right to today's guest. So if you have been listening to the Virtual Couch podcast since the beginning, or even if you've caught just more than an episode or two, no doubt you've heard me reference my guest today. I've often referred to her as my sensei. This is Darlene Davis. Darlene is also a licensed marriage and family therapist here in California, and she has a private practice literally across the parking lot from me. Um, She's also the founder and clinical director of Hope Counseling Center, which offers affordable and compassionate counseling for individuals, couples, children, and families, with the key word there being affordable. And Darlene and I will talk a little bit more about that on the show. Darlene taught a couple of my classes um, in grad school, and even more importantly, she was what is called my practicum advisor. So part of the drill of becoming a marriage and family therapist is that either while you are finishing up your master's or immediately after graduation, you have to get a job at a practicum location and you basically start doing therapy under the watchful eye of your practicum supervisor. So this becomes somebody who is extremely important to the uh, marriage and family therapist graduate because this is the person that is going to um, encourage you. They're going to gently nudge you in certain ways or maybe be the one that's going to say, yeah, I don't know if that's really the the best approach to take. And and again, you are so vulnerable as a potential therapist that I really feel like um, your practicum supervisor supervisor is just of the utmost importance. And I've spoken with a lot of other people who've maybe had different experiences with their practicum supervisor. So I, I am so grateful for Darlene because she kind of helped uh, helped encourage me there um, early on. So, so what I did when you're taking this practicum um, you're actually taking a class, and I believe mine was about, I think it's 30 weeks. And there you're talking about your experiences in seeing clients, and you break down cases. Um, you're evaluated, given suggestions that basically help you become a better therapist. And, uh, it, you know, I have, it's so difficult because at that point, you have done countless role plays in class. Um, no doubt you've been the person who friends come to talk to about their lives, but now you're sitting in a room with real couples or individuals or, or kids who are going through these challenges and they're looking at you for help. And, um, you know, it, on that role play note, it's funny because, of course, in the role plays, everybody ends up, you know, you come up with this great solution and, and everybody is going to follow the treatment plan and everyone in the family is going to go out for individual counseling and a family session and, and group counseling and everything just works out rosy. So, uh, so, you know, when you jump in there and you're with the first person that's in front of you and they're kind of going through crisis or that sort of thing, um, man, that can be tough. So again, uh, Darlene's one of those, uh, she's, she does an amazing job helping put therapists back together when they're going through some of these early, um, early situations. So, and, and typically your practicum is low cost or court mandated kind of counseling. Uh, mine was for actually, it was a child abuse prevention council. So I, I actually started working out with kids. Um, and you know, and I used to have a hard time saying this because I felt like I was a bad person for some reason, but, uh, that wasn't necessarily what I wanted to get into. I, I've mentioned on here before, I felt called to work with men, uh, you know, teenagers, um, that has kind of led to a lot of work in addiction. And then I actually love couples therapy now. Uh, but I got this practicum, um, location working with kids and it really opened my eyes to even more wanting to work with parents and kind of seeing the role obviously that parents play in developing kids and uh, and so at times I felt like I was really just trying to give these kids coping skills and what I really wanted to do was talk with the parents but so Darlene was just you know she was key to helping my development as a therapist and I still just carry a lot of what she has taught with me today so um, let's get right to the show uh, I think Darlene tells you where you can find her at the end but uh, but just um, just a heads up there you can find her at Darlene Davis dot oh no Darlene Davis M 
mft.com. And one of the neat things there is Darlene puts on law and ethics trainings for um, for other therapists. And uh, those law and ethics trainings are wonderful. And she really helps people um, through some really complex topics and, uh, and able to pass some of the licensing exams that we have to take as uh, marriage and family therapists. And you can find more information about Hope Counseling at hope-counselingcenter.org. So without any further ado, let's get to the interview with my sensei, Darlene Davis. what's funny is obviously you are my sensei and I've referred to you as that on the podcast. But then I think about how many people have you taught? How long have you been teaching? First 12 of all, years. 12 years. Yeah. Okay. 12, and, and is it multiple years. classes every? Uh, no, I've just, I've gotten smarter now. I just do one class at a time. Okay. But, um, but still hundreds and hundreds, oh, thousands, yeah. of thousands of students. Of students and, and okay. So then everyone is the one that's like, Hey, remember me? Right. But do you get that? Cool. I get a lot of famous people now like yourself. Oh, like please. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Charisse, I think her name was Hendrix. Uh-huh. She just sent me her book. That oh, did she, she really? Wrote, and Overachiever. There's, there's right? just people out there that yeah. are just doing fantastic. So did you get, really did cool. they give you a mention in the book? You know, I didn't look. Look, I doubt. I okay. doubt it with her, but okay. I have been mentioned. Have you? Okay. Mm-hmm. And in my guess, uh, I already gave a probably a thirty-minute intro. Um, yeah, and I probably gave a thirty-minute intro on you, but Darlene Davis. Yeah. Um, my sensei. Uh, I had several classes with you when I was getting my master's degree. You remember me incredibly well, I'm sure. Um, talk about uh, me all the time, right? Yes, you because you. Uh, <laughs> Jaw run race oh. uh, over a hundred miles. Well, races. Sure, yeah, yeah. But that's probably you've used that as a <laughs> hey. Here's somebody that is extreme. You know, this isn't necessarily healthy. Maybe it's in that context, <laughs> no, right? No. no? Okay. No. Um, but grateful to have Darlene on here, and she Darlene told uh, such a powerful story early on in my graduate program, and I want to have uh, I want to talk to her about that today. It has to deal with chronic pain. Mm. Um, but before we get to that, I want to get a little bit of a background on you, right? So um, I tried to find you. How are you so so much of a big deal in the world of therapy, but also there wasn't a lot on your bio, right? Is that, a, is that on yeah, purpose? Yeah, I'm just not, I don't feel like I do anything out of the ordinary. Okay. Yeah. Other than inspire thousands of therapists, <laughs> teach uh, classes, run Hope Counseling Center with how many, how many therapists we work there? 21. 21. Mm-hmm. Wow. Remember, didn't you work for us? Uh, yeah. Right when we kind of started. Yeah. When yeah. we were like six people yep. and we had maybe three checks in the drawer at Absolutely. the end of the week. Yeah. We have 21 people in three locations. Unbelievable. Yeah. And so you are the clinical director, the founder, the, I'm the founder, yeah. executive director, and the supervisor for the individual supervisions. I've passed on the torch for the group uh, supervisions to okay. uh, a couple other people. Okay. And tell me, then tell me, because I do refer a lot of people. We're actually in the same parking lot, which I is know. hilarious, right? It's very cool. Yeah. yeah. And so I refer people there because Hope Counseling Center, tell, tell us about Hope, first of all. What, yeah. what, what's the mission of yeah. Hope? Yeah. Well, Hope, excuse me, originally, <clears throat> Hope was founded to kind of help those people that they were they didn't make enough money to pay full fee therapists, mm. but they weren't so poor that they had services for free. Okay. So it's those middle ground people that needed yeah. maybe forty dollar sessions or twenty dollar sessions. Yeah, yeah. And so hope offers um, affordable counseling to the community, whoever, anyone. And then it also trains trainees and interns to become licensed professionals. And I care about our profession a lot. And so it's important to me to have good training and good supervision. And because I teach, I hear areas that aren't so good. So right. okay. um, that's important. So that and that sliding scale, and I, I love talking about this as well. So if somebody has never been to counseling mm-hmm. and they worry about the money or they don't have insurance, even if it's in their area, if you yeah. Google low cost or affordable counseling. It should pop up. Right. Hope counseling should pop up. Yeah. And all they and it's on an honor system. They just let us know what their income is and we'll see where they are on the scale. And even if they can't afford that, we'll do our best to yeah. to get them something affordable. So I was about to say there is hope and then that's there is hope. Maybe yeah. Yeah, we right. have got hope. Okay, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, but and I've sent people there and heard nothing but good things. And even oh, here locally, good. I mean, you have bilingual therapists, you have therapists that specialize in different areas. I mean, yes, yeah, yeah. And we're getting ready to hopefully train, get trained in EMDR. Oh, we're working on that right now okay. for everyone. So that okay. will be a great service to the community. Okay, and, and we were we'll be in our tenth year anniversary in. Um, 2018. Wow. So we'll have a party. Okay. That's yeah. nice. All right. Um, I have to tell a quick story. So you, um, your supervision, group supervision, I felt was legendary. I really enjoyed that. Mm. And uh, there was one story that I always remember. You are very good at experiential mm. 
things, right? It's fun. It is, right? And so for the non-therapist crowd, what is an experiential exercise? Yeah. What does that mean? What I think, well, my belief uh, uh, and why I love experiential is because I believe that if we can evoke an emotional response mm-hmm. inside of a person, um, then that can change the way they think about something, change the brain. And okay. so experiential is more than just talk therapy. It's getting them up and yeah. it's getting them to feel it on a visceral level. Yeah. And you just see change when that happens okay so and i don't this i don't expect you to remember this but it is etched in my brain forever so i (laughs) i i'm not the most comfortable in kind of doing those things i I love speaking and all that stuff but boy you you i think you i think i had ducked out of enough experiential (laughs) exercises in group supervision that i think you said hey tony i want you to do this one and you put a chair in the room Mm -hmm. and uh it was going to be the old empty chair technique or something Mm -hmm. like that where the chair and you put and i will never forget this it was a um, from like the kids' room, it was like a parking cone from Cars, yeah, and it was on the chair. And then I'm sitting there, and you're like, "Okay, this is you know like your mom or something." And I'm I'm thinking, "No, this is a parking cone, right?" And I'm and I'm looking over. I'm I'm kind of embarrassed. There's a lot of people there that I was big fans of, right? And then you start kind of getting me talking. So what I would you say? You for no, life. but okay, but no, it was so good because I always tell the story where um, about two minutes later, I'm like, you know, I'm I'm crying yeah. at this mm-hmm. traffic cone, and why yeah. did you? You know, and then and then we get done, and I almost wanted to turn around. And I feel like uh, just kidding, you know. But it was it was so powerful. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, and so that's what got me hooked. Is okay, when I watched a session like that, and I was like, wow, this is incredible. And then I've done therapy on my, you know, with myself with a therapist. Yeah, and. You even forget that the therapist is even in I the did. room. I did. I one hundred percent did. So into this. Yeah. So. And now it's funny because then, but my brain remember. I feel like you were peeking behind the chair, and you know, like you know, tell her this, tell her uh, this, right? And I'm just in it. And I don't mm-hmm. think you were really probably ducking down, peeking around the chair. No, but, but yeah. probably behind you though. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you have to kind of help oh, your client. Yeah. Get past that little bit of embarrassment because yep. it is a little feels a little silly. Yeah, um, but it just kind of evokes that in them and gives them permission to. Yeah, this is how I feel. It felt great. It yeah. really did. And I, but I've never been able to watch Cars the same. You know, <laughs> so my my apologies to Pixar. Uh, so well, they so, talk. The cars talk. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't know if the traffic cones talked though. No, probably not. Right? Yeah, we have um, more. We have more stuffed animals now to okay, choose from. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, and so, a little bit more about your background. Then, what did you? You did not initially start out uh, as a therapist, right? Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. No. No, I had a great career in the dental field. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, but. Back up a little bit. When I was 16, I was a passenger in a car, and a, and a drunk driver pulled in front of us on an expressway wow. and hit us. And the police said we should have died, but thank goodness we didn't. Wow. So I hit the dash, and no seatbelts back then. Sure. And broke a lot of teeth and messed up my mouth and broke my ankle, and oh. but went on with life. You know, just got that stuff fixed Mm -hmm. and went on with life not knowing that my neck had been compromised. And so I did about 15 years in the dental field and then my my discs ruptured in my neck. Okay. And so that was a long journey of... You know, how bad are they? All the different techniques they try to use. What'd you try? What'd you try back then? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Shots, TENS units, hanging in the... um, You did? Doorway? Doorway. Okay. With, you know, strapped on to keep your neck kind of elevated. Wow. Okay. Physical therapy. Acupuncture. Everything. Acupuncture. Okay. Would you get a little bit of relief at time? Or? No. No. No, they were too far gone. Okay. I, and, you know, it just took a while for them to pay, want to pay for Gotcha. Surgery. So, so 15, I didn't realize it was that long. So 15 years, yeah. you're in your mid 30s so at that point? Th- early 30s. Early 30s. Okay. Yeah. And you've been, and it, it just been getting worse, progressively worse over time, the no, pain? No, it happened, well, it happened suddenly and the pain was intense. Oh, okay. And it. Gotcha. Cause it's a rupture. Right. I see. Okay. So it was probably six months, nine months before they would finally do the surgery, but wow. I couldn't work. They put me on drugs and life was over. Wow. In that way. You know, so in that six to nine months leading up to the surgery, were you just bedridden at that yeah. point? Okay. Mm-hmm. What was what was that like it was for horrible. you? Yeah, because you're yes, active. I'm a pretty yeah. a personality person. Right. On the positive side, it taught me some things about myself. Okay. And to to be more, I think I was already compassionate, but be more compassionate. Okay. For people that you don't know what's going on with them. Okay. Because that's the other thing; it's an invisible. 
um, disability, and yeah. so it was hard for people to understand what's wrong. I imagine. Did you hide the pain for a while, or did you not want to make it who you were, or did you? Oh yeah, I mean, I was angry. I, I was mm. all the stages of grief. grief. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. angry. I was depressed. I wanted to think it was going to be over. Yeah. I couldn't understand why it would happen to me. I was pretty okay. um, healthy. Yeah. Eater and exercised all the time and did all those things. Would you have moments where you felt like okay, I'm going to beat this and other moments where you oh, thought, totally. forget it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And the story I tell, so even yes. after the first surgery where, because I was so young, they didn't want to replace the discs. They wanted to cut them. Oh. And they hope that they will get the skin back over them because the only reason why a disc hurts is it's impinging on nerves. Okay. So some people have bulging discs and they don't have any pain. Gotcha. So, um, and that didn't work. So that was another probably nine months wow. of bedridden and pain, pain got worse and worse. Okay. And so, so there had been this surgery and then no relief. <laughs> no. And so that, does that even make the, oh, the thoughts go worse, right? Horrible. Okay. Yeah. And that's when I finally went to therapy. Okay. So you had never been before then? Never been to therapy. What'd you think about that? therapy before? Um, before I'd gone, yeah, yeah. I didn't really have an opinion one way or another. You know, we're yeah. well, we're a lot more known now than yeah. we were back then, which sure. is a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, but I knew I needed to talk to somebody, okay. and I knew I was going down a path that I'd never been before. So I didn't know any resources that would help me. Okay. <laughs> so I actually went to a psychologist first okay. who specialized in chronic pain. Hey, now I have to say I have yeah. not pointed this out yet, and it, it's come up twice in sessions today already. The yeah. good old. There's a therapist, there's a psychologist, and there's a psychiatrist, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, our clients use those terms interchangeably. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, don't you get called doctor? Yeah. I, I have photocopied checks that say doctor <laughs> and kind of kept them. Do you, okay, if somebody says doctor, do you correct them? Yes. Oh, me oh, yes. too. Yes. Yes, I do. That's the legal thing. Right. <laughs> oh, and we're going to have to talk about ethics. You're the person on ethics. Of course I do. I always say, wait a minute, I'm not a doctor. Yeah. Right. Of course I say that, Darlene. Um, But yeah. So, all right. So the difference, right? Uh, Therapists like us, we are at the top of the food chain. No, I'm just kidding. Right. We're actually on the bottom. bottom. We are. Second to the bottom. Exactly. So a therapist, I mean, we've got a bachelor's degree. We've got a master's degree. We have thousands of hours. Thousands of hours. Take two exams. Yep. Take two uh, incredibly difficult exams. Which I mean, that's even you train people on those Mm -hmm. exams. Darlene Mm -hmm. does everything, right? (laughs) But so we take those and then we are licensed and then we are therapists. Marriage and family therapists. We help people build relationships. Exactly. Now, yes. psychologists, yeah. they they go get that bachelor's and then they get a master's and then they do what? A PhD. Yeah, which they takes a, PhD, a lot longer. A lot longer. Okay. And they get more trained. They are trained more in assessments. The um, testing. Testing, yeah. reporting on the assessments and testings. But they can do therapy just like us, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, they build a little higher. They build much higher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Right. And then, at, I guess, the top and in then theory, the psychiatrist, psychiatrist is a medical doctor, and yeah. they can prescribe medication. Yeah. Yeah. They, they help yeah. a lot of people, and they're they are the number one medical um, profession, the biggest need. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I've done the and whole. So if, I had if anybody to do it over wants again, to be yeah. a psychiatrist, they will pay you. So much money. They'll give you stipends. They'll do anything to get you to become a psychiatrist. They do. And it's hard. I know you probably run into this too, but when I'm trying to refer clients yeah. to psychiatrists, there's weights. I mean, there's yeah. there's a big demand there. Yeah. and uh, um, But yeah, big, big necessity there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So back to it. So you went and saw a psychologist, psychologist all right. who specialized in chronic pain. Okay. And I think the biggest thing she did for me was teach me um, about mindfulness okay. and meditation to kind of help. Because there's always a... A mental component to chronic. So I want to. That's the part that I find fascinating. And, yeah. and now, so I've talked even on the podcast a lot. I do uh, the Headspace app um, yeah. every day yeah. for years. Oh, wow. Love the mindfulness. Yeah. Talk about mindfulness. Yeah. Um, teach on mindfulness. But even when I do it, I feel like sometimes I, I have this thing where I think about twenty five percent of my clients just immediately tune me out, and they mm-hmm. think that okay, you know, that's not the point, right? I'm not going <laughs> to just sit here and you know breathe or whatever. About fifty percent will listen, kind of say okay, that makes some sense, and they'll use some skills maybe do it a few times and then there's 25% more that are going and getting a robe and a ponytail yeah, and they're all yeah, in yeah. and then they're, they're you changed my life yeah. with this right but but I remember um, a friend of mine going to get neck surgery and they sent yeah. him to a psychologist mm-hmm. and he said why right mm-hmm. um, because to him it's no I have pain so yeah. talk about that why right. why why is there that component yeah. with pain uh, I mean it, it don't get me wrong there's physical pain yes so but your mind your brain like you were asking me 
well, how'd you feel? Or, you know, what mm-hmm. was it like? So it brings on depression. It brings on anxiety. It brings on fear. It brings on anger. All those feelings tell your body to do certain things. Okay. Like crunch up. Yeah. Like protect. Okay. Like cower down. Lay in bed. Whatever it tells you. So physiologically, it's doing things inside your body okay. that causes pain. Yeah. And then the more you think about the pain, the more the pain you're you're focused on it. Yeah. Right? Which yeah. which is a protective part of our brain that says this is bad. This yeah. is not supposed to be here. You need to fix this. Right. The brain doesn't know how to fix it. It just needs it just tells you you have to fix it. Yeah. And then you but you can't fix it. And now you're kind of in a vicious cycle exactly. at that point, right? I've done an episode on the brain, and I mean, we get those, you know, those neuropathways kind of dug in, yeah. and then now we file it back into the little basal ganglia, the habit center, and now we go, That's this right. is it. This is what we do, right? Yep. And That's so, what I told the client the other day, too. Did you? you? Okay. You have this groove of this path, yep. uh, like a being on a bicycle, yeah. and it stays in that groove. And even though you practice getting out of it, mm. one wrong little move or one unconscious thought, and then you're back in the groove again. Like so a, you're not going to be perfect, yeah. at, and it takes a while to, you know, make a new path. I mean, this is I'm so I'm glad we're here because mm-hmm. I mean I feel like this is a, such a good lesson because you you clearly identified we're not saying that there is no pain. I think immediately right. people think no 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 it's not my head I I, right. I hurt yeah and, and we're not saying you don't no yeah not at all okay yeah. and so and your body learns how to my body was. was changing because it was trying to protect this area that was vulnerable and that lasted a long time so anyway so I went to the psychologist and she helped me with that she showed me a chronic pain group and Mm. some of the resources like uh, Department of Rehabilitation and so that's how I uh, started becoming a therapist I'd gone to a therapist after that Okay. was there a resistance at first when she was kind of throwing out these ideas of I think there was resistance to everyone because that's what everyone was telling me well just do something different just go find a new career or a new uh, hobby Okay. and that made me very angry Okay. because I'd worked very hard and loved my career and had that path in my mind which has also helped me understand that we never know what our path is okay. going to be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was very difficult. But then I talked to the therapist, and she actually, in our work together, said, "You're a natural. What, have you ever thought of becoming an, a therapist?" I don't mm-hmm. know what she saw in me that said that, but and I, being the A personality and being in a stuck place, like mm-hmm. what am I going to do? Because my um, archetype, my yeah. biggest fear was that I was going to be on Social Security the rest of my life, living Uh, in a mobile home, in the mountains, smoking pot every day. Okay. All right. And I did not want that. That's right. Okay. (laughs) I'll do anything not to do that. Okay. So anyway, um, I started going back to school. Uh And same thing, though. I tried taking too many classes. And chronic pain, I like to tell people that um, it's not a lateral improvement Mm. because... You do, you're open to trying something new or rehabilitating in some way, and then you hit another brick wall. Okay. And then you go, oh, I can't do that. So then uh, you get the courage and the strength up, okay, I'll do this. Yeah. Can't do that. And that happens so many times, or it happened so many times. Yeah. I mean, would you, were there times where you felt defeated and, okay, I, I, enough? Uh, I never no? went to enough. Okay. Because, again, the... Yeah. Mobile home in the mountains, sure. pot was yeah. not my thing. Yeah, um, and then the chronic pain group really helped me. And the very first day I went there, I cried. Okay, and I cried for two opposing reasons. One is these are my people. Mm. I heard my story. Wow, and I feel the emotion right now. Okay, these are my people, and two, I don't want these to be my people. Wow, I don't want to have chronic pain. Okay. But you don't they, want that to be your but, identity right, at that point? But they understand. Yeah. They get it. I need to be here. Sure. And so that helped me incredibly too. But it but and it so it helped me understand that some people with chronic pain, they do succumb to the pain and they find a way to live their life that way and there's no judgment on there. Mm-hmm. And then there are other people who say, No, I'm gonna keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And one of my neurosurgeons said to me, Darlene, your body gets used to living just right above where you challenge it. Mm, okay. And so that told me, well, I need to keep challenging it so okay. that I can get 
back as far back to normal as I even could. Even if there's additional pain when you're challenging yeah. it and pushing it. I think that's hard for people, right? Yeah. 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 And so different people do it in different ways. Yeah. And that's okay too. So, well, and that's, do you work with clients then who, I, well, I, this kind of goes back to the, what do you do with a client who, do you ever want to just say, hey, just try a little harder, push a little more. I've been there. I know what you're yeah. going through. Or is that hard to yeah. see someone if they do kind of succumb to? Well, I, you know, again, there's no judgment on yeah. how someone wants to do it. It's more about do they, are they okay? Is there acceptance of what they've decided? Yeah. So I do talk a lot about does the pain control you? Okay. Or do you control it? Me, And what I mean by that is you can't control it completely. Right. Is... I decide whether I want to do something, even though I know it's going to put me down for okay. a couple of days. Okay. But that gives you so much empowerment. Yeah. Where, oh, that's good. Yeah. So the pain isn't taking over now. Okay. And so that's kind of what I talk to people about. Do you is, feel like ultimately if you have people that can kind of change to that mindset that they are surprised they can do more than they thought? Or is yeah. that where some of that growth starts to happen? Yeah, I think that that's true. I think any movement in improving their life Mm -hmm. and you can put that across anything right not just chronic pain but anything that improves the quality of their life they're happier right yeah and then the happier tells the brain you don't need to concentrate on this so much yeah yeah you can be happy yeah you know like people when they fall in love Mm. all of a sudden everything else is fine and perfect yeah you're right. That does go across. I mean, I work. I do a lot with uh, men's issues, and when I have a guy that is has lost his job, yeah. there are all kinds of things that are happening in his life, and you. But then, boy, he gets the job, and all of a sudden, no, I'm good, right? Yeah. The, whether it's the addiction part's gone, or the frustration, or he's uh, more patience, or that yeah. sort of thing, right? Yeah. 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 So, uh, some questions that I don't even know if these will um, just kind of off the cuff, but I think about often. Of, I think a lot of times people feel. What do you say to somebody who says, hey, if you knew how bad this pain was, yeah. you know, and, and whether and I think that people get challenged with the you must not have a high tolerance for pain right. or, you know, you must not have tried. Right. You know, what do you what do you do with yeah. that? And I know personally, I have a very high tolerance. And so um, I knew when it still hurt that mm-hmm. it was pretty bad. But I did have people. I remember this one gentleman that I would when I, the what helped me rehabilitate uh, was medication. Yeah. I, the okay. doctor, I didn't want to go on any medication. I'm, you know, I, I don't like it. But he kind of said, hey, it gives you, it'll help you get your life back, you know. Yeah. And he was right. I finally succumbed to it. And then I started riding a bike. Oh, okay. And that was low impact. And I would take my medication for the pain, but I would push through it so I could start building some muscles. Wow. And I remember a gentleman that I was riding with and he was like well how can you do this Mm. when you can't work oh okay here comes the judgment here comes the judgment and so again people don't they don't know or i remember one time going into costco and i needed a like a 40 pound bag of dog food yeah and the only person close to me was like a 70 year old guy but he looked pretty healthy and i asked him can you get put that bag in my cart because i wasn't allowed to carry more than 15 pounds sure at the time and he looked at me like, what is wrong oh, with you? Okay. So those kinds of things that people deal with all the time when they have chronic pain. So That is hard. I know that uh, I, I had a client that she had uh, some back back pain, maybe had had surgery, but then she would um, have a good week, you know? Yeah. But then she didn't even want to let anybody know about that because right. then she feels like, oh, okay. So when you want to do something, right. then the pain's not right. there. But if it's, right? Yeah. And you remind me, the other thing that would happen is people would ask every day, oh, how okay. are you? Yeah. Are you better? Are you better? And you just want to say, I'll let you know. Right. Okay. Nothing's changed. I'll let you know. Yeah. So I wanted, actually, when I became a therapist was to have groups for families and friends of people with chronic uh, pain okay. because they're kind of left in the shadows. Sure. Nobody really, you know, all the focus is on the person that's in the pain yeah. and the person, they love this person or they want to help this person and they don't know how. And then instead pain makes you snap, makes yeah. you irritable. Um, in grad school, I asked my doctor, why am I having such a hard time concentrating? And he said, because you're in pain mm. and pain takes all of your attention. Yeah. To the, cause you're trying to, keep the pain at bay okay so it's like 
No, that's good. If I, so I'm, if I'm being in the moment, authentic, honest, yeah. all those kind of things. So my, my mother has uh, severe chronic pain and, yeah. and, you know, and they have moved out here. They, they didn't, they just moved here a few months ago yeah. and, uh, and kind of just, I feel helpless at times and yeah. there will be that, you know, yeah. that sometimes it just hits her and, and, and so then I go in there almost now, I almost feel like I'm, I just don't know what to do. So right. then I don't do anything, which, right. you know, then I feel, oh, I should be doing more. I'm a therapist for Pete's sake, right? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So that makes sense to groups for people uh, yeah. that are Yeah, just asking her, what do, you, what do you do when it gets really bad? And yeah. what do you like to do when it's better? And yeah. that'll give you an idea of how to help her. Because I think a lot of people try to, they're just constantly trying to use their logical brain to make sense of, well, yeah. wait a minute, if you can do this... Right. It doesn't. Isn't there this mathematical formula that means you could do this? And people don't want to lay in bed forever because they're in chronic pain. They don't want to die. Right. Some people do. Yeah. And some people want to lay in bed if there's like a good show on Netflix. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> but right. back to your point. Right. That's right. Yeah. But it's all about empowering and doing what it is you want to do, knowing yeah. there are consequences to it. Okay. And deciding that. Yeah. That's just so much more empowering. So when you're, so now you're riding the bike, you get a little bit of judgment here and there, right? Mm-hmm. But okay, what comes next? So you're riding the bike, you start feeling like there's some hope, more hope. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, like wow, I'm actually, because what happens when you're when the chronic pain was first there, and I have I was in bed all the time. I did watch the OJ trial though. You did. At least that was going okay. on. Okay. Yeah. Um, your friends eventually. <laughs> You know, they got their lives yeah. and they're doing their things and they would invite me a lot and I would say, I can't, I, I can't. can't. Yeah. So they finally move on. And so you lose a lot of mm. what's, what, how do I contribute to the world? That's okay. really the biggest thing that okay. I see with people that have chronic pain or disabilities. How do I contribute? Yeah. And so... Um, how do you work with that? What do you, what do you tell them? I mean, what do you say, you, right? I think that is a human need. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. And so you have to find some way. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, uh, you know, sometimes I feel in those moments it's hard. And I don't know if it's my man brain or my, you know, my fix it mentality yeah. that, that doesn't work in therapy, you know. So, and you got to hold back on that because they, yeah. they've thought of things. They've had oh, people yeah. tell them, right? Oh, so, I've so, had that so many did times. Did you? Okay, like what? Have what? you tried acupuncture? Yes. Okay. Have you tried this? Have you yeah. tried that? No, no, <laughs> no, I've been detail. doing this for two years now. No, I've never tried that. So, right. okay. And that was an inside voice. I would never say that out loud. But sure. that's what was hard. Yeah. Is, of course, we tr- people with chronic pain try everything. Yeah, okay. And, and so that goes back to that not knowing what to say. But then also I feel like as a therapist at times, can, I feel like all you can do is just double down on empathy. Just really try to yes. understand what they're going through. Yes. So that then maybe there's a connection there. and, and uh, You know, Tony, we can't... Uh, we can't say enough how important that is. Mm-hmm. People need to be heard and understood of wherever they are. Yeah. Wherever they are. They do. And, and I've talked a lot on the, this podcast about fixing in judgment statements. You know, yeah. people mean well, but, but when yeah. somebody starts to share their vulnerabilities and somebody just says, wait, 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 that's yeah. ridiculous. You've got a whole lot of stuff going on, you know, or, you know, don't you realize there's people that don't have legs or, you know, whatever right. it is. And right. it's like, okay, I won't say anything then. Right. Nobody wants and to you listen. you do remind me the time I felt sorry super sorry for myself okay i was i i had the blessing to go live in santa cruz so i got to be by the ocean so i would start walking on west beach trying Mm. to walk and i saw a gentleman kind of out on the rocks a little bit he had pulled his wheelchair there wow and was sitting there looking out at the ocean yeah and my voice said you have nothing to feel sorry for get going Wow. And that changed me that in that moment. Really? So sometimes a little bit of comparison can help us. Sure. Okay. Yeah. But um, not always. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, that is kind of... So then I went to grad school. Okay. okay. And then did you just eat it up at that point? Did you well, love it? Well, no, I was in a lot of pain. Oh, okay. I was in a lot of pain. So I started wearing my plastic neck oh, piece, okay. which was humiliating because what are your th- your internal thoughts are thinking what these people think oh yeah look at her crippled yeah. lady yeah. and you know who knows what they thought i just didn't really want i wanted to be normal sure do you know what's uh, funny uh, whenever i see somebody so oh and our windows closed because we took a selfie i want to have the i want oh, the window open so we can right. see people walk by right but i, I have a i have to tell you there's a story coming here okay um 
All right, there's the window. A rainy day. Yes. Right? So it was pouring it, earlier. Well, so there, there in, in my office, there's a dermatologist, which is wonderful. You see a lot of people with bandages on their faces. Yeah. But there's also a, an attorney's office, and yeah. so I will occasionally see the person with the neck brace on. Oh, yeah. And I immediately go to the Brady Bunch episode. Do you remember that no, one at all? Uh-uh. Okay, the, some guy was suing Carol, I think, oh. and Mike, and they're in court, and they drop something loud, and he has yeah. the neck brace, but he turns really quick, and they got him, <laughs> right? So, I mean, I, I, I hate the fact that that's where my mind goes when I see yeah. somebody carting up here. I'm like, right, I you know. know. It, it, yeah. yeah. It, unfortunately, some people do take do take advantage of it, and yeah. that does happen, but um, yeah. we have to be careful. Absolutely. That, so, but, so that, and that's where, you know, so yeah. when you're in class and you, you want to be there, you, people have yeah. no idea how far you've gone or right. come that, at that what point. What journey has been. Yeah. yeah. So I hope they're not doing that, you know, no, in I the name of cohorts. Carol and Mike Brady, right? You know, and <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think our cohort was small enough that they knew who I was, but you know, grad school changes us. As oh people. boy. Yeah. In fact, I heard you say that on Sean's. Did, I was like, I told pe- I tell people that. You that told, it, you that told you me. You a good education. Yeah. You got a good education if it changes you as it a person. It did. It blew my mind. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's, oh, yeah, that's yeah. a, yeah, that's a whole other episode sometimes just to talk yeah. about. Cause I was like, man, it won't really change me. I'm, I think I was in my early thirties when I went back as well, yeah. you know, to grad school. And I thought I kind of got myself figured out, you know, yeah. and then it's, I don't know, weeping every month oh, with a new, yeah. uh, epiphany about my life totally. right yeah. yeah but but in a wonderful way yeah. i mean what what a yes. what a great thing right yes. so so you go through grad school mm-hmm. and you still have this pain i mean when yeah. did things really start to I don't yeah. know. I, mean, I guess I almost feel silly now saying I've never known you as this person with pain. I just know the story. I right. mean, you still deal with this. I hide or it. You... I, I'm better now. Okay. Um, but it even after I became a therapist. Um, I've always had pain. Okay. Now, forever. Yeah. I mean, not hopefully not forever, but probably. Um, I get massages every week. Okay. And um, I had another neck surgery about ten years ago. Okay. Another car. I was a passenger in a car, and a car hit us from behind. We were turning left. They didn't see us. Wow. And so now I have three. Uh, d- uh, bone fusions. Wow. And a plate. So I'm chipped. Okay. So you'll always know who I am. <laughs> okay. Love it. Right. And it's funny, your posture is impeccable. I feel like I'm slouching this whole time. Oh, yeah. I mean, is no, because that... I can, f- I have been in pain. And if I do too much computer work or administration work, or I'm Italian and as you saw, I'm <laughs> right. like all over the place. Yeah. Which I try to not Sit do on your when hands. I'm in therapy. Okay. Um, Darlene was gesticulating for the, uh, the audience there, <laughs> the moving her hands. Were all right. Over exactly. The place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that can cause me pain. But now I understand it and I know it and I know what I need to do. And so, again, yeah. you decide every day, mm. what am I going to do today to take care of myself? What am I going to do today that's fun, even though I know it might cause me pain? Do you ever have days? Okay, uh, I don't want to lose. I want to talk about your mindfulness practice as well. But I also want to, do you ever, so if people are just going to have a bad day, do yeah. you, would you ever kind of give a client permission? It's like, yeah. hey, go ahead, right? If you're totally. going to do it. Yeah. Totally. How do you, how do you, how do you say that? How do you express that? Yeah, I think I let them know that your body is trying to tell you something. Mm-hmm. And so take care of it. Yeah. Take care of it. Okay. Don't beat yourself up about don't it, right? Don't beat yourself up about it. It's one day. Yeah. Or two days, maybe. Yeah. Okay. And don't you deserve that? So I love to say, and I've tried to change the semantics of this, because I, I say, hey, if you're going to have a pity party, and I start feeling guilty about using the word pity, right? Yeah. But the concept is, if I say, if you're going to have a pity party, get the hats, get the balloons, get a Big, cake, and you know, you, right. you're all that's in. That's strategic. Right? Yeah. And then you know, and then at some point, the party has an end, and mm-hmm. then here we go. Right? I had an adolescent once where I told her that. I was like, come on, man. When, what time of day do you want to have the best pity party ever? <clears throat> yeah. And she decided in the morning in the shower. I said, oh. okay, 15 minutes, okay. you get to pity everything and anything you want to. Yeah, and yeah. it takes the power out of it later, right? Because your brain again oh, yeah. says, okay, took care of that. Yeah. Good. We're good. Right. Now we're going to move on to something else. Okay. You take control. There's no cake in the shower, but no. that's, that's okay. No, but it right? depends on how they want to have their pity party. Right. But it has to have cake. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. No cake. It, it, it's whatever they want their pity party to be. Okay. That's have fair. Have the best one you can. So mindfulness, you found it. I mean, I feel like the last, actually, I feel like the last couple of years now, it's, it's yeah. really, um, you know, it cures everything. Yeah. Right. Um, I jumped on board four or five years ago, doing a lot of work with addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to put that distance between thought and action yeah, after a trigger. Right. And then I found it has made me a better parent and husband and therapist and being able to have that pause or center or yeah. be in that moment. Yeah. Um, so, but it sounds like you were on it a long time ago before yeah. it was cool. Yeah. Before, well, yeah, before it was cool. Okay. I guess. So what was it? Now yeah. it's pretty cool. Right. Um, 
and it was re- uh, again to understand what is happening in your body mm. in that moment to to feel like you have some control over it so it was mostly the breathing the meditation and letting the thoughts just pass yeah. through you those kinds of things um i think to release the vessels and the blood stream to relax uh-huh. because pain as i mentioned before can be caused by your body thinking it needs to protect okay so and not so chasing that thought or letting that thought go just let it just let it go yeah. just let it go notice it uh-huh notice it but let it go okay but lots of different types of um body breathing and body clenching and releasing and okay. um, doing the whole body scan, yeah, relaxing yeah. your legs, your arms, those kinds of things was more focused towards the chronic pain. Okay. I think um, I just uh, went back to therapy lately uh-huh. and we're going to be doing a lot of mindfulness. Okay. She's trained in mindfulness. And so I'm curious to see oh, yeah. kind of what that does. But I think in general, I'm just a process person mm. and so i do allow myself to just be okay just be in the moment whatever's happening to me and yeah enjoying that yeah it's um, really being present it's very much being present i'm not so good at it when i'm at work okay how so because i'm a multitasker yeah yeah that's probably why i'm running the 21 therapists right. in three locations right. and right yeah so uh, that's why I'm kind of going back into therapy so I can have another person. Because as therapists, we know oh, yeah. sometimes we think we should be able to figure it all out. Oh, but there's, yeah. We're inside ourselves. We can't always figure it Absolutely. out. Absolutely. I'm in a building here with, uh, there's four or five other therapists. And so we do the, the group consultations. Yes. And, the, and it's uh, that helps so much. So much. We've had one for like eight years. I remember that. Us. I yeah. do remember that actually mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um, I think I aspired to attend one day. Yeah. You know. okay. Yeah. We have the same. It's great. Yeah. yeah. So right now then you don't necessarily have this daily mindfulness no. practice but but it sounds like you're going to probably find yes. something about that yeah yeah okay so with 21 um therapists that you're managing do you do much just uh, individual therapy or do you yes. couples therapy or yes i okay. do i do um i keep try to keep it to five to ten okay. clients a week yeah so yeah five to seven is probably perfect just because of time yeah and what um, do you love to do i love working with couples you do um yes okay and i love doing just life transitions um i also work with addiction i wanted to be an addiction therapist before oh. i decided to just go all the way uh-huh um just for some personal experiences with people i knew yeah. i just thought wow that's so i took a bunch of extra classes in addiction and um internships with addiction so i enjoy working with people with addiction as well okay yeah. i think in the vein of being vulnerable and you had mentioned you listened to the uh, the podcast with dr sean davis yep. right mm-hmm. um and you just mentioned couples and i'm gonna and win sean. exactly i want to put that out there right i mean so i did not know that these two wonderful friends of mine uh have a very competitive nature and yep. so uh, uh dr davis called darlene out and said that his podcast will have more views and i have to tell you i don't know if uh, we saw what i had posted a couple yeah. of days he got in the top 10, Darlene. I know, right? He cracked I know. the top 10. Yeah. I got to do it. So you got to spread the word. Top five. Is that what we're going for? Yes. Okay. All right. You can do it. Please help Darlene make <laughs> the top right. five. So, help, please. Yeah. Because she, uh, Sean Davis said he would buy lunch, and Darlene is thinking Ruth's Chris. And we're talking a $50 That's right. steak. And he makes way more money than me because exactly. he is a, um, he does have a PhD. So exactly. he is Dr. Sean Davis. No relation, though. People oh, ask nice. us that a lot. Do they? You know, are we related to each other? No, no relation, but he needs to take me to lunch exactly yeah hey go back to when <laughs> graduate school what is that like i mean i want to know when you get all these uh, i want to say what pie-eyed i'm going to change yeah. the world therapists <laughs> yeah. right what is that like when you get the new crop in what are what are the what yeah. do you see what do you hear you know yeah um well you know tony i think since you went to school or since i went to school they are a lot more anxious are they yeah, okay. and um, I think it's just because our world is so fast-paced mm. and we're stretched so thin yeah. that I'm seeing a lot higher anxiety. Wow. Um, but as a supervisor, yeah. sometimes you just got to smile um, because you know they're going to learn this. Yeah. Whatever it is that they're worried about, yes. I know three months from now they're going to feel much better. So to me, a trainee, especially someone in grad school, a new person. Yeah. They just need so much encouragement. 
yeah. so much because this is an isolating um, <laughs> profession. You don't really know if you're doing a good job or not. No, you hope so. But you, you hope know. so. And I think we all have these stories of uh, people that then kind of they kind of go away, and mm-hmm. you just you don't know. You you right. worry, and then they you run into them a year later, and they're telling you, you oh, you oh, help. my life is so yeah, great. and you yeah. think, okay, cool, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So they need a lot of encouragement. Yeah, and also just some time to experience some things, but. They do need to, one of the biggest things is they need to slow down because they do have big hearts and they they, they feel guilty if they don't do something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but these people have been living with whatever it is they're coming in with, sometimes 20, 30 years. Yeah. And so it's not going to change overnight. Yes. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and the, the, you know, those of us get in this field, I mean, hopefully we, uh, maybe we have a little more compassion from the factory mm-hmm. and we do, we want to help. And okay. Another thing and you said. And the longer we've yes. been a therapist, the more we have to remember to slow down. I just, I, this is, boy, I got the chills, <laughs> right? One of the things that you said that I remember at the time thinking, I can't wait to get to this day. And now I'm there. I've been there and I can't, you know, it's so difficult. I think about you all the time with this one. You said that, hey, you're going to get to a point where you will have heard everything. Mm -hmm. You know, for the most part, how you kind of feel like if this person will trust this this process, they'll, Mm -hmm. and and you just want to say, hey, can we just, can you just trust me on this one? Even though I know it's their journey, right? And I feel like, especially with addiction, I mean, I, 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 hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, you know, pornography and compulsive sexual behavior. And then they come in and I don't know, I think this, and I, and I, I, sometimes I just want to say, just trust me, do these things. Right. But I know that isn't the way it works. Do you, did I ever do the physical thing in class where I say there's three ways of working with a client where you have somebody stand on this side of the room? I've already said it in the podcast. <laughs> that was, yes, I have, that was, yeah. I mean, I've you told. You either pull them yeah. or you ignore them. Yeah. Just like, I wonder what they're going to do. Or you stand beside them. That's with your the key. arm behind them and yep. say, okay, I'm trusting that you needed to come over here for a little while, but I'm going to remind you Man. that this is your goal, but. Okay, there's something important over here you need to look at. So. I have to tell you, I Aww. use that so much. It's incredible, you know? <laughs> and I would say the great Darlene Davis once oh, said... Stop. <laughs> but no, that one's brilliant, though. Um, <laughs> actually, if somebody is listening to this that they haven't, tell that. Tell, will, you, will you tell that from the master? Story time. I'm going to get my tub of popcorn and I'm okay. going to listen. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, so in grad school, when I'm teaching new therapists-to-be... I have them stand, one person stand on one side of the room, and I'm the therapist, and we pretend that their goals are on the other side of the room. And the, our journey is to get to finish those goals. And so I tell them I'm going to touch them, I'm not going to hurt them. And then I say there's three ways of working with a client. One is I take their arm and I drag them over to the other side of the room and say, Here you go. You met your goal. You're I, here. And I got to tell you real quick. I think a lot of therapists honestly think that that's, oh, I'm, I'm going in there because I'm good at telling people what to do. I know. Okay. All I right. Know. Back to you because yeah. we're getting short on time. I want to hear this. Okay. And so then I asked them how they felt about that. And they go, well, I'm disconnected. I felt like you pushed me. So they take no no uh, responsibility for yeah, it. No ownership. Or, no ownership. Yeah. yeah. So then we come back over here and we do it again. And this time I kind of say, okay. And I turn my back to them, and I kind of dream like up in the air. I wonder what I'll have for dinner tonight. <laughs> oh, I wonder if she's ever going to move towards her goals. Wow. Well, and that comes somewhat from the Rogerian that mm. we're taught to just let the person kind of go on their journey, or or maybe even psychoanalytical. But I, I'm making it bigger, right? I'm yeah. accentu- accentuating it. That sure. Of course, we need to be there with them. We can't just ignore them. So they felt ignored. Yeah. And so then the third way is I put my hand on their back and I say, okay, this is your journey. This is your goal. You want me to come along with you? I'll, I'll, I'll do that with you. Go ahead and take a step towards your goal. Let's see what happens. And then they usually come over here a little bit to the side. And I, then I talk with them about that too. Like, what's important over here? It sounds like you needed to look at something. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now let's get back on track. And Because I remember you said you wanted... To meet this goal. That's my responsibility. Okay. And so then they feel like, you know, they had a direction. Yeah. Because they do come to us for direction. Yeah. But they were able to flow. And they might even want to go in a different direction at that point they when they get to it, right? They might decide that. That's yeah. right. So yeah. I, and I have, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I use this a lot with parenting, I think, as well. Because I feel yes. like, right? I mean, this is some of the greatest parenting advice mm-hmm. that, that you, you didn't mm-hmm. even maybe know you were giving, right? Yeah. That it's, I mean, because I think a lot of parents are like, no, 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 go, go be a doctor. Go do this. Right. Go to this, you know? I tell parents, parenting is like, if they like football, I talk about it, that we're teaching them 
the game of life, Mm -hmm. and we teach them where the boundaries are. And if they go out of bounds or they do a a foul or, you know, then I help them remind them of how they're supposed to play the game. Okay. Let them play the game. Sometimes they go, you know, one yard and sometimes they go 30 yards in a at one time. Yeah, so, yeah. That's really all we're doing. Yeah. Help them be adults. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I want to do one thing because we did okay. this with Sean, right? Um, I am going to, I've got my dictionary of psychology out and I'm going to then just, I'm going to flip a page and I'm going to ask you to stop and then I hear and then, yeah, and so I will flip stop. a page. Okay. All right. And now I'm going to go down the page and then you say stop. Ready? Okay. Tell me. Stop. Okay. Oh, Darlene. Okay. So I don't know. You listen to that one, right? So this is the way the game is played. Oh, I think you're in trouble. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember what Sean's was. We never heard oh it in gosh, our whole life. Oh my gosh, I've never heard of it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... But uh, he didn't know. He did not know. So Darlene Davis. It. Am I going to know? I mean, I'm going to take a little bit here to pronounce it. The It is... Okay. Pro... Okay. Prosencephalon. Prosencephalon. So I'm going to go back to my dental days. Okay. Uh, well, pro is positive. Okay. Um, and what was it? Encephal... Prosencephalon. Pro- Syncephalon. Yeah, prosencephalon. So usually that's encephal is the brain. Oh, wow. Sean, um, you watch out here. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, I think it's like a new brain or maybe a embryotic brain. <laughs> that was a snort. <laughs> uh, Darlene Davis. The prosencephalon is the embryonic forebrain. <laughs> oh, the embryonic forebrain. Do I get a PhD for that? <laughs> yes, you do. Matter of fact, you get Sean's. You may have it. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, exactly. I'll buy you lunch. Exactly. Okay. Priority. Forgot what the word was. But yes, the embryonic forebrain. That I don't know why that's in the dictionary of psychology. I mean, there must be some thought. Well, the that, brain is part of psychology. Yeah. So stuff going down in the embryo yeah. state. And by the way, I see in the when we nobody in the ones I've done here. We haven't had anybody look in the window, but yeah. I see the reflection of. I have a candle here. I lit that just for you oh. because I remember going into your office and you you have this this total mood mm-hmm. ambiance right mm-hmm. um, because it, it, you know that that goes into this wanting the client to feel comfortable right and they do they say that all the time yeah it feels so comfortable yeah and so that's and relaxing that's important to me okay I really feel bad to schlep something at the end but I, I you know I'm also want to do a live read and I want to leave you with the the fine folks at Eli's Extracts have given me oh. <laughs> a tub of shaving cream. Darlene. I don't shave. Well, I shave my legs. Yeah, this is for, look, okay. that one even says leg and body shave cream. All right. Cream. All right so Darlene's going to open on here, smell Rangoon. You're going to tell me what Rangoon. you think about this. Okay. Rangoon, Darlene, with the live on air sniff test for our sponsor, Eli's Extracts. What do you think? Mm-mm. Mm. <laughs> I thought you were about to lick it. <laughs> Kind of made a move like that, right? Yeah. It's very nice. Okay. All right. Um, here we can read the ingredients. Mm. Are gonna be right on there. Just give me a moment. Oh, you gonna are you gonna <laughs> you gonna you're gonna you can pick out what they are. So nice. It's like it's like lotion I'd want to put on my hands. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, so and uh, a pretty. Um, I like their. Uh, so the Rangoon. You were just smelling cucumber, fresh pear, and fresh peach. That's so yeah, yeah. So uh, all natural, organic, <laughs> all natural, organic shave cream. Eli's-extracts.com. Mm-hmm. Coupon code virtual couch. Twenty five percent off your entire order. Um, so grateful for that sponsorship. Uh, so I want to have you back on at mm-hmm. some point if that's okay, mm-hmm. because one of the things I wanted to talk about, and you know, there's a couple minutes left here. You do a lot for with law and ethics, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So maybe even as kind of a hey, come you know, next time on the virtual mm-hmm. couch, what got you into that yeah, that field? Because a lot of therapists Crazy. are frightened of law and ethics. I know, and, I'm crazy. Yeah. No, I think it was just as an intern, I had the best supervisors ever, ever. Mm. Love, Don, and Carol Hadlock. Mm. And, um, but they weren't really up on the laws and ethics. Okay. They were great in the experiential yeah. realm. Yeah. And so I knew, uh-oh, I need to learn this yeah. if I want to pass the exams. Okay. And so I just went and studied myself. And then over time, because the profession's important to me, I'd see people getting in trouble for yeah. really dumb things. And so it just kind of evolved and became my specialty. And so I'm on the ethics committee for CAMP, the Uh state. So if you get in trouble ethically, I see the reports. Wow. Um, I do that for the BBS if you break a law. Okay. um, They send the reports out to master experts, and we tell them what laws we think you broke and whether you broke them big time or just kind of not very smart. Yeah. Um, And then uh, I used to help 
do the testing. The That's what I thought too. The, okay, but I can't do that because I'm actually teaching. Um, law and ethic exam prep class. Gotcha. Okay. Well, and that's yeah. and I want you to be able to so um, pe- where people can find you. I mean, you, yeah. those law and law and ethics exam prep classes. I yeah. mean, that's I have to tell you now. There's this one of the tests is a law and ethics exam, yeah. and if you fail that, I mean, you don't get your license, right? No, no. no? You okay. as a you have to take it within your first year of being an intern. Oh, gotcha. Oh, these are the new rules, it, right? Okay. Yeah. If you okay. fail it, then uh, in your next year, you still get your registration number, but you have to take 12 hours of a class. Oh. And then you can start taking it again, and then you okay. can fail it, take a class. Okay. So you could do that for six years. Wow. Um, if you really wanted to take it 20-something times or however many times that is. Sure. Um, but then when you run out of your intern number after six renewals, uh-huh. then you can't have another intern subsequent number unless you pass it. By gotcha. Then. Okay. But you have a lot of chances. So where do people find that? Because uh, a lot of therapists are listening to this podcast, which yeah. has been kind of neat, right? Cool. So where do you find your... Yeah, you this? can either find me at DarleneDavisMFT.com okay. or Hope-CounselingCenter.org. Okay. You can sign up in either place because some of the proceeds I've give to hope and right and i don't think i mentioned hope is uh, as a non-profit non-profit 513c okay. non-profit okay i remember yeah. um a couple of years ago when you guys would do the coat drive and i dropped some coats off and i mean <laughs> yeah right? i think we made like 50 dollars. did you but we just did a fundraiser at river city brewery at okay. milagro center in carmichael if anybody wants it's a beautiful new cool place they have uh-huh. lots of rest open market type restaurants oh wow and they were generous enough to do a appetizer and beer so uh-huh. we did hops for hope Oh wow! Um, and it was a great fundraiser. We had a lot, a lot of people there. So okay, look That's for neat. more things like that. We want to do something here out in the parking lot. That'd be maybe. great. And I will, I will do a podcast and I will comment on whatever you're doing All in the parking right. lot. Right? Have fun with awesome. that. Awesome, um, darling, Davis. And Tony, I hope, you yes. have the perfect voice for this. I have to tell you. Okay, I feel like it's a nasally drone. Oh so. my gosh, you have the perfect voice for it. And right. I know you were a journalist, right? Yeah, a little bit. And so you you just have it. You, this is perfect for you. You're being too kind. Perfect. We could go on and on because I will <laughs> praise you to, uh, nonstop. Darlene Davis, I, my sensei. Um, you, again, I think I even, in the when I was confirming, and I was scared to death, you'd say, oh, I forgot, right? No. But, but it was just like, okay, you have no idea. I mean, it is oh. that. Well, you you kind of right out of the gate, you do give so much uh, hope to young therapists, right? And, I mean, it was a career change for me when I didn't even need to have one. Now, in hindsight, I'm so grateful I did, yeah. obviously, right? Yeah. But I remember just feeling this kind of pull, this call. Mm-hmm. And then my first, you know, interaction is with Darlene, who's like, absolutely, you can do this. You're, you know, let's, and I, oh, I will never forget that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I still kind of go back to a lot of the things that you taught me. Mm-hmm. So this was a dream so to have kind. you here. Oh, uh, and, we'll, and we'll hopefully have you back. Yeah. Uh, hopefully um, everyone will, I mean, you. Sean and I will do one together. That would be wonderful, <laughs> right? Okay. And then, uh, but for now, though, I'm only speaking on behalf of Darlene that she hopes that uh, more people will listen to this episode than Sean's. Yes. Right? Okay. Please. So tell Darlene, all your friends. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being on the virtual yeah. couch. Thank you and, so uh, much. And I will see you next so time. So proud of you. Thank you. All right. So proud of you. Compressed emotions flying past our heads and out the other end. The pressures of the daily grind is Wasting rubber ghost I'm floating past the midnight hour They push aside the things that matter most